Welcome to the American Citizens Abroad podcast. I'm Michelle, and today, ACA's own Glenn Frost interviews author and international lawyer Bruce Zagaris. They discuss the recent Government Accountability Office report on FACA and its effect on tax compliance, and the impact FACA has on Americans living abroad and on financial institutions globally. Enjoy the interview, and remember, we welcome your feedback. You can reach us on Twitter at ACA underscore podcast, on Facebook at American Citizens Abroad Podcast, or via email at podcast at americancitizensabroad.org. Hi, this is Glenn Frost with uh, American Citizens Abroad. I'm interviewing today Bruce Zagaris. Hi, Bruce. How are you? Real good. Good Good to see you, Glenn. You recently wrote an article about the GAO reporting on foreign asset reporting and the impact that an overlapping set of regimes has on U.S. taxpayers living and working abroad. He concluded the U.S. must reform foreign asset reporting. What are some of your themes? Well, yes, I noted that the GAO report makes uh, a material omission insofar as its um, its failure to fully explore uh, the U.S. government's commitment to join OECD's common reporting standard. In particular, the U.S. government's commitment and its failure to execute on this commitment has important uh, policy implications. So, for instance, uh, an omission uh, from the GAO report is its failure to discuss the lack of reciprocity by the U.S. in exchanging information pursuant to the FATCA intergovernmental agreements. Even though, as we know, the U.S. imposed pressure on all the other countries to change their laws and regulations alongside obtaining special software uh, to comply with FATCA. Uh, one, One development that has followed the refusal of the U.S. to take steps to join the Common Reporting Standard, or CRS as it's known, is that wealth structures and trust companies have moved to the U.S. Part of the reason for the movement of wealth structures and trust companies to the U.S. is the fact that um, investors want anonymity and they realize that, uh, or they at least they, they expect that moving their wealth to the U.S. Uh, will give them anonymity, partly because the U.S. doesn't even fully reciprocate on the FATCA IGA, and the U.S. isn't part of the CRS. It also realizes that with the current Trump administration, things aren't going to change for a while, and the election isn't going to happen until next year, and even then, it's going to be 2021 before there's a new administration and there may be even the thought of changes. So states like Delaware and Nevada are the new Switzerland? That's right, not to mention uh, Wyoming and South Dakota. Absolutely. Okay, what other themes are there in the in the report? Well, I also mentioned that um, one issue is that the U.S., um, has been downgraded uh, by the OECD uh, peer peer review, the Global uh, Forum on Transparency and uh, 
the exchange of tax information. And well, not everybody probably knows a lot about the global forum or what it does, but um, the global forum uh, essentially was started in the early uh, 2000 after first the OECD came out with its uh, so-called report on harmful tax competition. And a lot of the developing countries and even some international organizations like the Commonwealth Secretariat pushed back and said, this is, this is not fair. You're really targeting the small countries. And so the OECD did backtrack a little bit and said, okay, we better create this global forum, which is um, which includes all the countries in the world that want to participate. And then what happens is every five years or so, the global forum reviews all the countries of the world, and they put out maybe about a 100 to 130 page report grading each country on whether they comply with the international standards uh, on tax transparency. And so the U.S. was recently then reviewed in July of last year. Okay, so why is this uh, significant? Well, it's significant because um, the U.S. has been you know, browbeating a lot of countries for um, not complying with international standards. Uh, but now we see that increasingly the Global Forum is saying the U.S. Um, is, is not complying. Okay. Didn't you comment on the GAO report and whether the IRS should align FATCA and the CRS? Yes, so I commented, uh, for instance, on the fact that initially when Congress enacted FATCA, many countries in the world pushed back and they said that we can't do this violates our constitution, it violates privacy and banking laws, and we're not going to do it. So eventually the U.S. found five EU countries, and they all agreed to negotiate a FATCA intergovernmental agreement as a way to overcome these constitutional and these other hurdles. And so part of that agreement... Um, was that they would also, the U.S. and the other countries would work on a worldwide automatic exchange of information. And, and so eventually that became the common reporting standard, which was promulgated in July of 2015. But the U.S. said, we can't do it. So what are the implications? Well, the, 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 the implications um, have been that the wealth has been moving to the U.S., as I mentioned, but also increasingly now other governments, and especially the EU, is starting to threaten to take action against the U.S. for uh, not living up to international standards on automatic exchange of information. Okay. Was one of your themes that it was overlapping and it was burdensome for taxpayers? Yes. Well, th th this is on foreign asset reporting. Uh, I noted that the GAO concluded that there's a big problem between the 
Form 8938, which the taxpayers, each each U.S. taxpayer that has uh, 50,000 um, assets or more overseas has to fill out as part of their uh, tax return each year. And the 8966, which is the FATCA form that the foreign financial institution has to fill out. The IRS hoped to be able to use these in tandem to see whether the U.S. taxpayer was cheating. But the GAO report finds that they can't do that very well because foreign financial institutions, when they do the 8966, they're either not putting in the taxpayer information number or they're doing it wrong. And so in a lot of cases, um, they, they can't use this. They also find that many taxpayers uh, mistakenly uh, file Form 8938 when they don't need to. And so they, they are filing um, unnecessarily. They're filing both the FBARs. So they, um, they might not meet the reporting threshold for an 8938, but they meet it for the, the FBAR? Exactly. So they don't, you know, the, the forms are so complex for a lot of taxpayers that they are getting it wrong, and that is causing both unnecessary burden for the taxpayers, but also unnecessary burden for the IRS, which, of course, doesn't have the resources to cope right now with, you know, all of its obligations. Um, and, and also, um, so the, um, the GAO recommended that the IRS um, take care of some, of some of these problems by changing the rules. But so far, you know, the IRS says we don't have the budget to do so, and Congress should do it. So, you know, and Congress should do it, yeah. but, uh, you know, getting Congress mm-hmm. to act very quickly, yeah. as you and I know, is going to be... So do you think quick. they'll ever consolidate the FBAR form and the 8938 form? I think they will, because uh, especially with the help of groups like the American Citizens Abroad, which I know is talking to members of Congress about the... Uh, you know the, the the difficulties that Americans living abroad are already under. Um, I th- I th- yes, I think eventually Congress is going to come around, and they are going to consolidate. I mean, I pray that they will because you know people who are tax practitioners understand the the, the burdens and the difficulties that normal. Americans living abroad have. Mm-hmm. It'd also be nice if they increased the the dollar threshold as well. Ten thousand seems to be a pretty small amount. Exact report. Yep. So, what if anything did you write about the U.S. taxpayers' lost opportunities? Well, one of the lost opportunities is that Americans overseas are finding that it's becoming difficult to get access to. Um, to, to banks, uh, many banks and financial institutions say, "Sorry, we don't want any Americans." Our risks go way up. The costs of onboarding and maintaining 
accounts for Americans is not worth the risk. And so thank you, but get out of our bank. We don't um, you know, want Americans um, as, as clients. Um, Americans also have problems in terms of working for foreign companies abroad because foreign companies abroad, when they have Americans that have signature authority on their accounts, also their risks go up. Um, and so uh, Americans that are overseas are finding that competitively they're at a disadvantage either in getting jobs or in getting promotions. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's another problem that FATCA and the U.S. tax system has put on both Americans and also it's a problem for U.S. companies because, you know, often U.S. companies want to have U.S. nationals um, as their uh, employees, but they also find themselves constrained um, in terms of, you know, what they have to do when they have U.S. employees. What about FATCA and expatriations? Oh, well, there's also um, the, the, the GAO report found that there's an increase of 178% of expatriations um, over the, the last six years um, after FATCA's enactment. Um, and in part, that's due to the reduced access to financial services as well as the fewer employment opportunities that you know we just mentioned. Did you reach any conclusions? Yes, I mean, it's, it's clear that Congress should quickly amend the Internal Revenue Code, the Bank Secrecy Act of 1970, and the other statutes to address the overlap in foreign financial asset reporting requirements to address the overlap in foreign financial asset reporting requirements for the purposes of tax compliance and detection and prevention of financial crimes. Uh, also, the growing gap between international tax transparency, gatekeeper regulation, and entity transparency standards, especially in the context of U.S. executive branch indifference to the adherence to the emoluments clause, the downgrade in U.S. standing in the transparency index, that's the uh, anti-corruption index, the trade wars between the U.S. and other countries, uh, such as China and the EU, and the criticism of international organizations by uh, President Trump himself, together risk efforts that other countries now are going to take action against the U.S. government and its private sector. Have these countries already been taking action? Not yet, but the EU has, on a couple of occasions last year, given warning warnings to the U.S. Well, and you can say, yes, you can say that they have taken action. I mean, they've, they've taken action um, in the sense of the state aid cases where the EU, I mean, state aid is like a um, antitrust, or they call it 
competition law in the EU where they've gone after um, a number of the U.S. high-tech companies because they've said they've struck too good of a deal with Ireland on the one hand, Luxembourg on another hand, and the, the, the Dutch on the other hand, and they've, they've said that because of the deals, they're usually um, um, arrangements that the U.S. companies have made with the tax authorities, that those deals are too good and therefore the member states, namely Ireland, Luxembourg, and the Netherlands, they have to impose a higher level of tax even though they don't want the additional revenue. And then, in addition, more recently, we've seen that the French and the British have levied digital tax on the U.S. In fact, just in the last two days, that was an issue in the G7 summit where Trump has threatened to counteract by levying a tax on French wine. But so far, both Mr. Both President Macron and Boris Johnson have said, no, we're, we're going forward with the digital tax because we don't think, you know, your high-tech companies have been even starting to pay uh, their fair share. Are there any other threats to U.S. advisors and taxpayers on the horizon? Yes. Um, because of the OECD... Uh, common reporting standard and the anti-avoidance initiative that the, the OECD has started. A number of other countries have now started implementing le legislation. So the clearest example is the UK Criminal Finance Act, which imposes um, criminal penalties on advisors um, for not having uh, due diligence and there and simultaneously helping to uh, promote or to conspire to help their clients commit uh, criminal tax violations and so the only way you can avoid the criminal penalties is by showing that you had a reasonable um, plan of due diligence to avoid helping your clients um, avoid, uh, avoid or evade um, tax. There's also um, the um, unexplained wealth orders where, whereby uh, countries like the UK are um, going after people that have you know, mansions or large um, assets um, in 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 England, and they can't explain how they've acquired it. And so, in doing so, they issue orders not only with respect to these the owners, but also th to their advisors. And these unexplained wealth orders are extraterritorial. So it's quite possible that, let's say, an American practitioner um, in Maryland or South Dakota um, has a client 
who gets one of these unexplained wealth orders, and the practitioner can be in contempt if they don't uh, comply. So that puts advisors in a difficult situation, as you can imagine, because you know they've got attorney-client privilege, and yet they've got this. Um, there, there are several UK enforcement agencies that have the right to exercise these unexplained uh, wealth orders. And so, you know, that's a problem. You also have this DAC-6, which is a um, uh, now a requirement in the EU for um, advisors to report on cross-border arrangements um, which engage in tax planning. So there's you know, all kinds of new, you know, they call it tax transparency, but it, it makes practitioners, advisors, um, do all kinds of reporting, and if they get it wrong, then they're subject to penalties. And I mean, the other, the other thing that we've seen is that increasingly foreign tax authorities are emulating the U.S. They're going after tax enablers criminally. So they're going after not, not just banks, asset managers, lawyers, accountants. And so, um, you know, this is a, you know, increasing concern for not only the clients, but the practitioners themselves. So it, it, it makes uh, practicing, mm-hmm. um, you know, g- giving tax advice um, increasingly challenging in today's world. Mm-hmm. Well, well, great. Well, thank you for joining us today. Well, it's been my pleasure. We look forward to keeping in touch for future developments. Likewise. We want to thank Glenn Frost and Bruce Sigaris for talking with us today about the FACA legislation and the Government Accountability Office report. And we want to thank you for joining us. The American Citizens Abroad podcast is a monthly podcast that is published the second Tuesday of each month. It is edited and produced by me, Michelle, and is a product of American Citizens Abroad. You can find us on Twitter at ACA underscore podcast, on Facebook at American Citizens Abroad podcast, or you can email us at podcast at americansabroad.org. Remember, give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts so others can find us.